This podcast audio is from Episode 6, Beaver Baseball Team Reunion, from my YouTube channel, Being Happy Anyway with Glenn, also available on Instagram, Facebook, and the website, beinghappyanywaywithglenn.com. Four of the original beavers get together on Zoom from their homes in Southern California, Arizona, Texas, and Utah to discuss the joy they felt then and now while playing for a beaver team that barely won one game. Learn why they had so much fun in spite of the losses and how that experience shapes their lives today. This is a follow-up video to Episode 2, How to Be Happy When You're Cut from Your High School Baseball Team. Well, hi, and welcome to the Beaver Reunion episode. I welcome Steve Comerford. You want to say hi, Steve? Hi, Steve. <laughs> Todd Lauder. Hello, hello. And Randy Henniger. Hi, Randy. <laughs> you may have had a chance to watch the Beaver Baseball season recording, but just to give a short review of it, I was cut from my high school baseball team, and I really wanted to play baseball with friends. And I found out that there was a league that I don't think any of the four of us had ever heard of before called the Walnut Creek Youth Athletic Association. I believe all four of us lived in Concord, which is a neighboring city. We found out about it. We got the team together. I had to be the player coach, which turned out to be fun. We had to make sure that our cussing was minimized and that there was no drinking and smoking, especially smoking a pot out at the games and everything worked out okay. I just wanted to start off with some questions. Do any of you have a recollection of how you were asked to play for the Beavers and what your initial impressions were about that? I just remember just talking to you. I think you just said, hey, you play a lot of ball, you wanna play ball. And I, all I remember was just, yeah, I have a chance to play some baseball, let's go. Awesome. Todd, had you played a lot of hardball? I'd only played hardball when I was 12 and 13, 14. I think I played just one or two years, 13, 14. Played a lot of softball, but only played a couple of I remember of that hardball. because Todd and I went to the same church and we were in neighboring wards or congregations and our softball teams would play against each other. Yeah. Steve or Randy, do you have any recollection of how you were asked to play on the Beavers and what your first thoughts were about it? I remember being, whoa, you and the core group of the Beavers was what I had to say, just a higher class. I didn't think I would be included in that. Because oh. I was in classes with you guys and you guys were going somewhere and I wasn't probably. <laughs> anyway, that was my thinking. I know. I just thought. Oh. That's how you felt back then. And you well, were a little surprised to be included? Yes, yeah. Like, what the heck? I mean, I would never have asked you, oh, can I be part of that? I would have just assumed, no way. <laughs> well, I'm sure glad you were a part of it because you're an integral part of the story for those that heard the first episode. Steve, do you have any thoughts or recollections? I'm thinking it was just kind of, it's Glenn. We were on wrestling together. We did gymnastics. We just knew each other. I thought, we're just going to play baseball now. That was just yeah. the next thing. That was good by me. I didn't play hardball really anywhere. I played Little League, fourth and fifth grade, and I played a lot of what we called tennis ball. It was basically a pitching hitting game against my neighbor's garage door. We had a tennis ball and you know those like two foot long mini baseball bats you get at the A's game? Yes. We would bat with that. 
<laughs> that was the fast pitching I saw. But, you know, that kids and tennis balls, it's a little different with hard balls. But that's no. all I remember. Steve, was your neighbor Mark Elliott? It was, yeah. 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 Mark ended up playing for our rival team, the Brewers. Oh, Did you really? know that? Yeah. I that, don't you know, that. You know, I told you that I went back and looked at the box scores and read my diary. So Mark Elliott and I delivered newspapers for the Contra Costa Times. Right. Did you do Up on the Hill? I did Up on the Hill. So I got uh, a little extra pay because I was I hated up on the that hill. route. <laughs> and Mark was in the flat area. Okay. Awesome. And I didn't ask Randy, but I know the answer. Randy, you want to tell him a little bit about your baseball history? Oh, I played every year. And that would have been the first year I didn't play when you came along and said, hey, here's one. It was a no-brainer for me. Randy and I had thought we had aged out of baseball. We actually played baseball the year before. Mark Maurer's dad was our coach, and we played on a team called the Mariners, and Randy actually threw a no-hitter that year. All right. (laughs) Anyway, next question. What was the Beaver experience for you like back then? What are your memories? I just remember thinking this is my chance to play baseball just for fun. And it wasn't so serious because I, I used to work after school. I didn't have time to practice every day and play every day in, on high school sports teams that were taking it so serious. This was just a chance to have fun. And who cares if we win or lose? We were just playing baseball. It was just for fun. For me, it was just a chance to go play in, in a relaxed atmosphere where it wasn't so serious. I mean, only six guys showed up for our team pitcher, right? That's right. (laughs) You can see it right behind Randy. (laughs) Randy, how about you? What was your experience like being on the team? It was just fun, good people. And I don't think I missed a practice or a game because that was the rules of being on a team. Now I'm going to show for everyone listening in at home a little theme song that we played before every game. We had an old tape recorder, not a boombox, but a tape recorder, and we play the national anthem, and then we would play the theme song. Leave it to Beaver. Starring Barbara Billingsley, Hugh Beaumont, Tony Dow, and Jerry Mathers as the Beaver. That was a mashup of the six seasons of Leave it to Beaver, which was a sitcom in the suburbs from 1957 to 1963. Our baseball team, the Beavers played in 1979, so it was many years later. But my friend Mark Maurer and I used to watch the reruns of that show. We just thought it was really funny. And that was the name of our team. So Mark showed up at the first game with the tape recorder and played that as we ran out onto the field. So we did that throughout the season. Then later on, Mark and I went to a Giants game and we took the tape recorder. And whenever there was cheering in the stands, he would press record and we would say, "And away, Beavers! Yeah, Beavers! And you hear the crowd cheering behind. And Mark, who played on the high school team, he was just sort of like a team manager. He played when we needed him. He would have been the best player on the team. When we'd get a hit, he would play that so you'd hear some cheering. That was some of the fun things we did. 
There's our team picture. We were sponsored by Walnut Creek Janitorial Service. There's a picture of one of the pennants that we gave out. We bought some tag board and cut 24 Beavers pennant. We gave those out to the first 24 fans at the next game. I worked at Jack in the Box and I suspiciously uh, needed to use about two or three hats every shift. And I took them home and Terry Grossman helped me doctor them up. So instead of the Jack in that left corner, it's a Beaver. And we passed those out too. And then these are the pictures that, that you've seen of us. I don't remember us ever having 24 fans for a game before. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I have the extra, Todd. <laughs> but I made 24 of them. So my first job was at Jack in the Box on Monument Boulevard. That was my first job. Hey, they're still making those same gross tacos that are they're two delicious. I love those. Yeah, yeah, those are good. <laughs> I know, they're good. You know, the <laughs> Lakers give them away when they win and hold their appointment to less than 111 points. And when that's going on at the end of the Laker games, everybody's yelling, we want tacos. <laughs> We're going crazy for 99 cents. But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I, I used to throw those in the fryer, huh, Randy? We just threw the whole thing in the fryer. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was a good fry cook. I took that seriously. I just wanted to have fun with my friends. I just wanted to play. I'm just going to reference a few games. First of all, when our record was 0-5, my diary entry said, the beaver season is going great. We're having a blast. We're 0-5. That's what my diary says. So, you know, I wasn't too concerned about it. But now let me read to you an entry from June 30th, 1979. This was our 10th game of the year. So we were 0-9 going into the game and we lost it and made it 0-10. But here's my entry. Today is the greatest day in Beaver history. We almost won a game. <laughs> and the game was against Northgate's varsity team at that. That was our rival high school whose colors we unfortunately had to wear. And then I said, I hit a 3-2 bases loaded pitch into right field to drive in two runs. So it's now 4-3 to three in the top of the seventh with one out. Then with Steve C. on third, that's Steve Comerford, I did a delayed steal so that he could score to tie it up. Okay. Wow. I was tagged out on a head first slide and Steve didn't run. <laughs> It's funny to me as I read this. You know, this is the first time I've I've never reread this journal. It's the first time I reread this in 41 years. I don't know how I thought, Steve, you were supposed to know that since I was going to second, you were supposed to score. Now I'm gonna leave a name out because the next batter up struck out to end the game. And the reason that I tried the delayed steal was because I didn't think he was gonna get a hit. And I thought there was a chance to score the game. But Steve, apparently you're not a mind reader. Well, yeah. And now on the team, I was probably in the middle somewhere of people that had baseball experience and not have baseball experience. So I might have missed the sign for the double steal. Was it sleeve sleeve? I don't think there's no sign for that. You you were supposed to read my mind, Steve. If it helps anyone, I just learned what a delayed steal is just now. 
<laughs> That's okay. I put in there, great game anyway. Now I'm going to get statistical on you guys. In the first half of the season, we averaged 2.8 runs a game. First seven games, 2.8 runs a game, and we were shut out twice, and we were no hit once by Russ Wixon ah. on the Brewers, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that was game six. He no-hit us. In the first seven games of the year, we gave up 11.75 runs a game. So in, in the first seven games, our average score was, was 12 to 3. We lost. Once we gave up 21 runs, once we gave up 23 runs. Now, second half of the season, we averaged 5.25 runs a game. That's a significant bump. And our opponent averaged 7.71 runs a game. Wow. So we went up two and a half runs a game, first half to second half. We basically doubled our run output. In the second yeah. half, we went from giving up 12 runs a game to giving up less than eight runs a game. Almost. So who did we trade that. for? To, who did we add onto our <laughs> roster at that point? You know, we, we, it was the same guys. And that's my point. This is a little point that I want to tell where I, I'm sort of going to get a little bit serious for a second. After we were no hit, we never scored less than two runs a game. And uh, two runs was only once. We never scored 10 runs a game all year. But we were consistently scoring five and six runs a game. We only gave up more than 10 runs one other time. Let me tell you what I think. And this is something that I learned and that I carried into coaching my kids' teams. I think that because we had the chance to play, we got better. I think because we weren't pressuring each other and we were cheering for each other, right? And we even had piped-in cheering like they have in baseball yeah. now. Yeah. We were the first ones to have piped-in cheering. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we felt nervous. I think we were having fun. I've helped teach a class in college that's research methods where you look at statistics. And I think if I ran these numbers, there's statistical significance. It isn't chance that the second half was better than the first half. That our run differential was 2.5 runs versus eight and a half runs. I think we were relaxed, we supported each other, and we got better. Now, here's July 21st, 1979. Beaver victory today. Holy Moses, all caps. <laughs> yes, folks, the Beavs did it. Of course, the Brewers only had six players, but it was still tough. <laughs> <laughs> I even have the whole line score on my diary. Randy Pitch. Also, I've got the inning by inning score. We were down five to two in the sixth inning. It's only a seven inning game. Wow. We scored two in the top of the sixth, two in the top of the seventh. Well, let me read it because I actually wrote, Steve, that you knocked in the run. Okay. So I have the line, whole line score, even inning by inning in my diary. I felt like winning the World Series. <laughs> I've been thinking about it all day. And I wrote, it's 11 p.m. Steve Comerford knocked in Biglin, who I phoned up at game time. Okay? So he didn't even get there on time. He, okay? He got there late. With a clutch two-out double, Steve. Those are my words. <laughs> and then later scored on Ron Marquis' double. Cleo, do you know who Cleo is, Steve? That'd be Mark Elliott. That's Mark Elliott. I, I forgot that was his nickname, but I have Cleo in here. And I put Elliott. Cleo Elliott took the loss. So we beat your neighbor. <laughs> oh. It's great. No wonder I got a double. I'm used to his pitching. That's right. From all the sub, you know, all the tennis balls against the garage door. With a two-foot bat. That <laughs> is harder to... That is hard to do with a two-foot bat. That's uh, dialed in. It's like practicing with the little bat. Now I got the big lumber. Yeah. Piece of cake. How can you miss? <laughs> and I wrote, 
The game was tense and exciting. Now, here's our last game of the year. I'm going to paraphrase it because the entry is too long, but it's July 24th, 1979, past midnight when I'm writing. Beaver season is over, and it was a blast. Now, let me tell you what I liked about that game. We lost 10 to 7 but it was against Northgate's varsity again. They had a full squad because I've got their whole stats. I talked with Randy and Steve about this last week. We were down 10-3 and I told them that we had a four-run inning. Todd, you had a triple. You tripled in two people and, and we made it 10-7 and then the scorekeeping ended because I think I told them I don't even know who made the last outs. Well, guess what happened? The game was called because of darkness. Darkness. Oh. So we were rallying <laughs> against oh, Northgate. No. We were wrong. Okay. Including... They called it in the middle of the inning? Yes. Oh, man. They called it after Todd's double. Todd, oh, you man. got the last hit of the seat. You were on third base. <laughs> there the was two ends. That's because it was dark. Nobody could see the ball. Nobody could see the ball. <laughs> so I just ran the bases. <laughs> Wow, we were going to win that one. You you put that down as a win for us. They, they yeah, and, that and that, it was the bottom of the sixth inning, okay? <laughs> yeah, and we scored four, and we were rallying. And Todd, you had just knocked in me and Randy, just for the record. It was probably an infield oh. grounder, but it was so dark, nobody saw the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I could probably read through here, and I'll bet it would tell me that it was a good hit. Now I want to tell you something else. I, I try to share my screen, and I'm going to show the box score from the game that we won, and I'm going to tell you why it's significant to me. Who batted second that game for us? Scoop. Can you guys see the oh. screen? Oh, my God. Scoop. Terry oh Grossman. God. Terry Grossman. Terry Grossman. You know I kept stats. Going in. Into that game, Terry Grossman was 0 for 18. You see that he struck out twice and he walked in that game. He was then 0 for 20. Why do you think we batted him second? I think, I think we wanted him... I think we wanted him to get a hit. I batted myself first because I started the team. That was the, that was the privilege I had. But when I look back and I saw that, and it was a, a game we know the other team was short and it could have been a forfeit, and we decided to play out the game and to not take the three free outs we could have had on the seventh, eighth, and ninth batter. When we made the lineup, Terry Grossman, who hadn't got a hit all season, hit second. And in the last game of the year against Northgate, against a real high school pitcher, he got a hit. And he ended up one for 22. The reason that I share that with you guys is because I think what I I learned from that team was when you have fun, you play better. When you root for each other, you play better. And that everybody deserves a chance to get a hit. When I messaged with Todd last week to invite him to be on this Zoom, he shared something with me. Now, I'm not sure if that's what you wanted to share now, Todd. I've spent a lot of time with youth groups and young men and talking about sports. And, and one kid that, I mean, he's now in the minor leagues. Uh, he got drafted in the third round from the Giants here out of Lone Peak High School. I would go to his games. I would tell these young men, I said, hey, uh, my claim to fame is I was on a baseball team that won one game, and my player manager was a good guy. And he let me pitch once in a while. Even though I was an infielder, I was more of a, a batting practice pitcher because I could throw <laughs> it right down the middle. I couldn't change speeds. I couldn't curve it. I couldn't hit corners. I could throw it right down the middle, and I'd get to pitch about once every 10 games. And my claim to fame is I gave up back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back home runs. <laughs> <laughs>
not many pitchers can say they've done that. But you let me do it. That was Todd. <laughs> we didn't Todd, take them out. Todd we Home said he's throwing loud, strikes. Louder. <laughs> right down the middle. Steve? I said, and they were not home run derby marks. louder. And they were straight out center field. There was no question marks. It was obvious. Well, that shows you had a great manager. Because every time I could walk the bases loaded and then a couple more hits, and then the manager would take me out. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> I, was, I was just throwing strikes. I'll get the next guy. Yeah. I'm a, I mean, the I damage is take done. Out. Yeah, let him go. That's a good manager. Yeah, it was and fun. For those of you, and that's what I remember ahead, about baseball. I remember it's Bill Murray from Meatballs. It just doesn't matter if we win or if we lose. It just yeah. doesn't matter. We yeah. had fun. It didn't matter if we won or if we lose. It was just fun. Yeah. There's no pressure. And they would have been solo home runs after the first one. <laughs> right. There's no harm. We were already down by 10 runs anyway. What does it matter? Did you have anything you wanted to share, Randy? It's, it's fun just remembering. I mean, what you said was you play better when you're having fun. And that's just it. We're having fun. If somebody's 0 for 20, I wouldn't even know. I don't even keep score in my brain. So, But I'm happy somebody does. It's fun to go back and see. So we got you keeping records and me just playing. <laughs> and Scoop got his hit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about that. I remember Scoop. I mean, he was such a baseball fan. He was so into it. He was there early and he practiced harder than anybody. But he knew he wasn't good and we didn't care. We didn't I, care. And that's why I think that was great. I don't think you know, none of us would have protested at all. It's like, yeah, put him up there. Let him go. And it was awesome. He was into it. He was into it. He really was. He actually wrote a newsletter at the end of the season, too, <laughs> about the season that I'll maybe share at another time. Nice. Steve, did you want to share anything else? For me, when I talked about the Beavers in the past with people, it, that was the takeaway was it was pure joy, just to play. And Terry Grossman, Scoop, was always the example. Here's the guy that loved the game, but had never played. He was a soccer player from Canada, but he was a great guy and great to have him on the team, great energy. And we were, like you said, all rooting for him. There was a second season to the Beavers. And we won two games. The other story I tell was James Allison approached me before the second season and asked me, he says, I hear you got a baseball team together. I'd like to play on your team. Can you make that happen? For the people watching this, James Allison was a varsity baseball player, good enough to be drafted by the Boston Red Sox out of high school. And James was a great guy and loved to have you and thought about it a little bit more. And he asked, can I pitch? Because he played center field. Yeah, you know, you can pitch. And then we had a problem. There wasn't a single person on our team that wanted to catch for James Allison <laughs> throwing 95 mile an hour fastballs. <laughs> And so we brought Steve Roberts aboard as the uh, player to be named later <laughs> for the acquisition of James Allison. It had to be packaged with Steve Roberts because he's the only guy that would catch for him. That would catch. But as good as James Allison was, he wanted to join our team because he knew we played for fun. He knew he could be there for fun and just enjoy the game, not worried about his stats, which 
you know, all the uh, scouts would be looking at. And Lou Adamo and the baseball team was very serious. And he just wanted to play for fun. And so he reached out so that he could still have that slice of baseball still being fun. So what you started, you know, your own personal maybe dream, desire and drive spreads out in ripples to us and everybody else on the team. And that's the other story I tell is just how fun it was even for real baseball players. <laughs> awesome. I wanted to show a Facebook post from a friend of mine the other day. Her name is Kimmy or Kimberly. The past couple of days, I've enjoyed seeing friends nominated for Women Supporting Women. I've never been much of a sideline watcher. I nominate myself and I am taking it further and electing myself each and every day. And then she continued on and you see a picture of her there. I commented on her Facebook and I said, you know what? I just love that attitude. I'm not a sideline watcher either. I don't want life to pass me by. And I called her today and told her we were recording this about Beaver Baseball and I asked for her permission to share it in our recording. And I think that's one thing that I learned in life is we have to ask and we have to try. We can't always just sit there and wait. And I just wanted to say to Randy that I'm so glad I asked you to play. And I'm glad that I trusted you, that you wouldn't be bringing beer and pot into the games and you didn't at all. And when you sent me that message that I shared in an earlier episode, that you were happy to be invited to play on the team, and you talked about it earlier when we first started this episode, and then you said such a good group of non-stoners, <laughs> that, that really touched me. And then when you talked about getting married, having a couple kids late in life, and wanting to teach them sportsmanship like we had, that's what really got me thinking about the Beavers. I was 37 years later. And you and I hadn't heard from each other. And I thought, well, you guys know how much fun I had. I read you my journal. You know, right. I loved it. I didn't know that it meant much to anybody else. And when I read that it even led you to consider some sobriety, and you thought about as you're raising your kids, Randy, it really made me want to reach out to you. And I'm so glad that I did. And I'm glad to be friends with all three of you guys. You're outstanding men. And thanks for taking the time to come on and indulge me. This being happy with Glenn, it's like the Beavers, my YouTube channel. I've got 70 subscribers, but nice. I'm running it like I'm Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> I spent about eight hours in preparation for this episode, reading my diary, going through my scrapbook, getting everything right. So thanks for letting me do this because i have as much fun doing this channel as i had playing baseball with you guys well thanks for the trip down memory lane i've used this a lot i've done a lot of uh, public speaking you know glenn in church yes. with youth groups and stuff and i've talked about being on a team and winning and not winning and i know what it's like to lose i've talked about that religiously as far as being on a winning team being on the lord's team and i've used beaver baseball a lot over the years Oh, I didn't know that. I have. It was a big deal for me, too. It was a lot of fun, and I've used it. Thank you, Todd. Wow. Yep. I love you guys, man. <laughs> and who led, the, who led the team in RBIs, Glenn? What did you say? <laughs> Todd Lauder. <laughs> with now with team nine. In <laughs> RBIs. With That's nine. why he came on. <laughs> with nine. Only nine for the whole year. And that was, yes, how it it it. Hey, that's all right. They were big <laughs> ribbies too, Todd. They were the last two RBI of the season because you got that triple, remember, before yes, darkness? Yeah, in the dark. <laughs> also, Steve, you know you doubled in that run, right? I do You now. went three for your last three. Last week, I told Ooh. you you struck out your last at bat, but you didn't. 
Dennis Dempsey got to that game late, and I put him in for you, and he struck out. The last game of the season, you were two for two. You ended the season three for three. Randy was our only winning pitcher for the Beavers. He pitched <laughs> a complete game against the Brewers. That was Randy. Who Randy else also led the team with 13 walks, scored nine runs, and had five stolen bases. I've got all the stats right here. So, <laughs> Who else pitched? I don't even remember who else pitched. Randy pitched. You pitched, Todd. Ken Tatum pitched. Dennis Dempsey pitched. Dennis. John Clark pitched. Anybody who wanted to John pitch, Clark. pitched. Right. Oh, and you know what? I'm going to tell you something else. Just two other things real quick. So Scoop Grossman from Canada, the soccer player, he wrote for the Smoke Signal, which was right. the, the <laughs> newspaper for Ignatia Valley High School where all four of us went to school. Scoop was called Scoop Grossman because he wrote for the newspaper. But people who play first base scooped the ball. We mentioned Scoop didn't really know how to play baseball. I've got right down here, we put Scoop in at first base sometimes so he could play. But what I was going to tell you was when I coached baseball, the way I coached, positions were played by request. I printed out seven photocopies of a baseball field. And the kids would come to me at the beginning of the game and they told me the positions they wanted to play. And I wrote it down every <laughs> inning we fielded a different team. Nice. So I would have seven pitchers, seven catchers, seven first base, seven second base. Sometimes I'd only have four catchers because some of the kids didn't want to catch. But I learned that from the Beavers. I learned that I from the that. Beavers. I love nice. that. That's great. And I will tell you, but they didn't always win, but I will tell you that since I started them doing that when they were little, that a lot of the baseball teams that I coached, believe it or not, were pretty good teams, even though anybody who wanted to play shortstop got to play. Anybody, right? <laughs> so that, that's something that I take from it. I love you guys. Thanks for indulging me. It's a great moment, and we'll have to get together again. Thanks for All doing right. it. Thanks you a better. lot, Glenn. This was okay, great. Okay, we'll see you. Good job. All right. Bye. Bye. It's a brown-eyed, handsome man Anyone can understand the way I feel Oh, put me in code I'm ready to play the game Put me in code I'm ready to play Took us some long in the mighty case dug out. So say hey Willie, tell the cop and Joe DiMaggio. Don't say it ain't so. You know the time is now. Oh, put me in code. I'm ready. To
can find the video version of this podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, or on the website beinghappyanywaywithglenn.com. This channel does not provide therapeutic advice. It is intended for informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional medical diagnosis or treatment. Please seek advice with licensed therapists in your area.